we're back again. Myself and Matt finally back with another episode of the PTC podcast. Um, we've been on a hiatus for quite a while. Matt's been studying for his masters, and I've been busy with a bunch of other stuff. But now we're going to make a much better effort to get these out more regularly, even if it's just me and Matt just chatting about whatever. Uh, we're going to do our best to get these out more frequently. Um, this episode, as always, is brought to you by Life of Education. It's the world's first dedicated online health and fitness platform designed to upskill fitness uh, professionals, yoga instructors, Pilates instructors, medical professionals, and also those not in the industry, just general fitness enthusiasts like you guys who want to know more um, and have reliable sources of information, reliable education um, of the highest quality. So um, we'll go straight in. We're quite rusty. So this is myself and Matt talking garbage. guys welcome back we're back it's been ages but we finally uh found some time put some time aside and we're here to do another podcast myself and matt just ch- talking garbage today about eight months since the last one yeah Five august months. uh i don't know episode 40 i think it was 43 um so here we are we're back just to talk amongst the two of us what have you got going on uh well just normal coaching um completing the last well, I've done three modules now of the psychology masters. That's been good. It's been interesting. Um, and then, yeah, just coaching and teaching and uh, doing this new membership engagement thing, which I probably can't speak too much <laughs> about just yet. Don't give it away. Um, what are you learning on the uh, on the masters? Uh, well, we just finished the course on kind of sociology and developmental uh, biology, or developmental psychology, I should say. Um, the one before that was a statistics module, and then the first one was a, kind of a history of psychology sort of thing. It's been good. It's interesting. Like, it relates to a lot of the things that we've spoken about on the podcast and that I teach a lot about in um, the PT courses, like stress and how you adapt and all the rest of it. Like It's funny how all these different fields, they all end up talking about the same stuff, but somewhere along the line, it never quite meets. You know, It's getting better at it now, but for years it was always just seen as like your mind did one thing and then your body did something else do you know what's the um what's the history of psychology well basically from you know uh, well i suppose from from a western point of view from descartes back in the old uh, 1700s or whatever it was uh he sort of introduced the mind body problem and then everybody kind of arguing about it ever since but there's always kind of an idea of it even back from you know the ancient ancient greeks like how does your mind work what is it like who are you are you just this kind of vessel that sort of floats around or are you part of something bigger and what he's saying eckhart what was his name eckhart Descartes. Descartes. and what was how did he start that what was he saying at the beginning i surely everybody was just like what are you talking about well he was saying that you were basically a machine that gets driven around by your mind so that your body was completely separate from your mind, if that makes sense. So like your body's just this, the car that right. your mind drives. Um, and a lot of people 
kind of went in line with that because you gotta remember like the context of these things like at the time it was the beginning of like the whole scientific revolution yeah so suddenly machines and you know uh a lot of um kind of engineering and different scientific innovations and discoveries were happening so it's like oh well this kind of looks like how maybe we work you know and you still get it now like obviously when the computer came around people were like oh this is a computer this kind of works like that maybe it's how our minds work as well and i mean that's still rampant like particularly in behavioral psychology and things like that like you know so it's uh a lot of it's to do with like the context of the times but yeah and was he where is he from where is he based what's his story he was uh he was french but i'm pretty sure he, yeah maybe i'm gonna butcher this maybe he was born in holland i know he lived in holland he's kind of a weird dude like he, he went through one spell where he just locked himself away in his uh, dutch apartment and he tried to forget about everything that he ever knew or had been taught and he tried to work his way up from there so like just taking everything as if it was completely brand new and so that's kind of how he came up with it a little bit he's a strange guy pretty high as a kite he's as well. been on a load of drugs yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that'll make you think all sorts of weird stuff um so what was the module you've just done then how does that relate uh well d- obviously like talking a lot about sociology so uh, social constructivism and so on so basically that you are well i guess the extreme view of a social constructionist type would be that you are not necessarily biologically uh driven in your motivations and in your learning and in your development you are a product of your environment like right from the get-go how did your mom treat you and so on and so forth from birth um, and then we looked at things like developmental psychology and there's obviously a lot of people in that realm who's like guys like Jean Piaget who are like, no, you are a product of your genes and your biology and it almost doesn't matter what happens from a social point of view, although not quite that extreme. It's based on your biology. Like everything that happens to you is biologically predicated. What about then if you fall and bang your head and then you've got a personality change? Does did they talk about that? Uh, well, yeah, so those are some of the arguments. It's like, well, look, there's clearly some sort of biological element and there's clearly some sort of social element. So as usual with these things, it tends to meet at the middle somewhere. But I guess maybe a social constructivist point of view is like, well, that's a product of your environment. Like you have to contend with the world and the environment around you and it changes you fundamentally. Where do you sit with it? Well, it's obviously both, I think. I mean, it's pretty clear cut this day and age. Um, particularly with all like the stress research, so the whole fields of psychoneuroimmunology. If you have horrible social relationships and like your mom beat you as a kid and then your wife hates you or your husband hates you and you're going home into these sort of toxic environments, that will obviously have an effect. But then you're obviously genetically predisposed to certain things as well, which will uh, completely change your whole outlook on life, which will then make you more perceptible to feelings of negative emotion. It's like when you, you see some people and they're like particularly sensitive, right? Like yeah. there's certain cultures, like the Irish and the British are very bantery. We just take the piss out of each other all the time. Whereas other cultures are like, no, that's really hurtful and that's yeah, very, very offensive. offensive and, yeah. you know, so it's like how you see the world is very important. Yeah, that's a definitely not a thing that's in your genes because you don't really know what your culture is going to make you think about yeah, a certain exactly. situation. Like, are you supposed to be outraged at that... Uh, at that person being mistreated over there or are you are you okay with the fact that that person's a slave do you know like that's yeah. that's culture that's not genetics 
Yeah, completely. But the, the point is, is that it all meets in the middle somewhere, uh, and that somewhere tends to be, um, is, well, like the electrolyte for you guys, that general adaptation syndrome. Like you are this biological thing that has to contend with all of these things, and in order to do so, your body has very general mechanisms uh, in dealing with that, and that's it's kind of like a vicious cycle. So, um, if you were well, so I'll give you an example. So from developmental psychology, if you uh, if, if your mother, particularly your mother, it always tends to be the mother, if your mother uh, did not give you enough attention as a kid, and there's obviously extremes of that, if she was just completely negligent and abusive, the size of your amygdala in your brain, which is kind of like the fear center, will grow in size in response to that. And then you will be more likely to be antisocial, uh, to have an extreme sensitivity to stress. So anything that kind of goes wrong in your environment, or not even wrong, but anything that changes, you will sort of perceive as a threat or you'll be more likely to perceive it as a threat. So if you're, if you didn't get the love, your, your amygdala, what does you call it? Amygdala. Amygdala yeah. gets bigger or gets smaller? No, the bigger. And the bigger it is, then the more sensitive and the more, yeah, the more reactive you are. There's just, there's more neurons firing in your sort of fear centers, if you like, but then it makes you much more sensitive to any sort of change or stress in your environment. Because you perceive it as a fear, you're like, "Oh shit!" Like here we go again. Do you know something's going to go wrong? Something's going to change. I'm going to get uh, abused again, and, and so on and so forth. How do they know that you didn't get enough love as a mom, as a kid? Like, uh, was in so they look at people who are like orphans. Um, oh, okay. There's obviously classic examples of like the orphanage in Romania where loads of children died, and they found out that it was just because they didn't get enough hugs, they didn't get enough attention or physical contact when they were babies. Because um, the orphanage was so understaffed and obviously the nurses weren't educated. So they just left these babies just to kind of sit there and cry and all they did was feed them twice a day. Uh, and loads of them died. Like something crazy, like 90% of the kids died. Um, and they've tested it. So in families in rundown areas where they know that there has been abuse, um, they put them under MRIs. And yes, in some cases, it's like double the size of kids who have been treated well, if you like. That's mad. That's crazy how that can actually have a physical like. A physical measurable effect on yeah for sure on your body the same with exercise kids who versus so the topic that i looked at because so for the coursework for this thing we had to come up with two original research proposals one in social psychology one in developmental and i obviously looked at the effects of exercise on uh school motivation in primary school kids and the research on that there's there's a lot there's uh some of it's a bit weak which was good for me because then i could go in and sort of pick it apart a bit easier but some of the stuff that I read, you exercise at the early ages can increase the size of your hippocampus, which is kind of a center where well, it does a lot of things, but relating to school, that's where your memory is and your capacity for learning to a certain extent, like actual increases in sizes of that. Do you know? If so, you exercise, how early is early? Well, from the get-go, do you know, more or less. Like in terms of physical activity, I mean, let's forget the exercise because that yeah, has too many connotations. Yeah, playing chasing and stuff. Yeah, so a lot of the ways they do it is having physical activity lessons. Um, so, for instance, like if you were learning math, it'd be like, right, we're going to do ten squat jumps. You obviously don't call it squat jump. You're going to jump up and down ten times. Right now, we're going to rest. Now, do it again. Right now, add the two sets together. How many do you have? Oh, well, we did twenty oh, okay. squat jumps. You know, uh, same with like literacy and things like that as well. Um, and they do. I mean, it, the research is a little bit muddy, but there's more studies finding a difference, particularly in the last few years. 
So yeah, people exercising much really. I'm trying to think. I mean, look, we were playing sports always as kids growing up. Like yeah, but it was a regulation, right? Like you just did PE. Um, whereas now, is that enough? The school curriculum, I think they say there has to be a minimum of two hours, but they they they're not strict in the sense of if you want to do less than two hours, they won't force you. Do you know? Where what curriculum is that? Is that the UK? Yeah. 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 They should kind of force you I don't know how you can force somebody to move but well it's always seen as we're taking up too much time away from the other subjects whereas people have researched that as well and if you increase the amount of physical activity uh, academic performance tends to increase rather than decrease even if you use that time uh, instead of learning math or literacy or whatever else because it's just more motivation yeah. uh, your brain's developing you're, you're more inclined to uh, concentrate for longer periods of time whole host of things yeah and you feel better as well you're more awake you're more yeah. alert you, your brain is firing yeah you could see that like trying to get people to exercise in the morning so that then you make have a better you have a better day at work that day yeah exactly that yeah you're more pumped the endorphins are going yeah you make better decisions you're happier like oh, imagine being back in school now like and having to sit there all day I hated school for that reason you're just locked in there's that sensation of being in prison it's so strange how long we were in school at 9am until half two and it's so strange how long yeah. those days used to feel yeah whereas now it's like, like now goes. it's like shit it's, it's midday I haven't eaten yeah like 9 to 12 goes past so fast nowadays well I suppose you have to enjoy what you do don't you in general we probably feel that because we, yeah, we, we enjoy like what we do. we do we're not sitting in a cubicle listening to the yeah behind you the whole day just waiting for the waiting for your smoke cigarette break yeah i can imagine office work is probably something like that if you don't like it yeah because office work i mean i don't know i've been in an office but I've never like done time year after year after year but i'm sure if you've got a great team around you good people that you like yeah you're getting some sort of self-actualization rewards from what you're doing you're not just doing mundane data entry but you can tell why Google and those companies have like slides instead of stairs and like here's your pool room if you just feel the need to stop, you know. I wonder, imagine everybody went that way. Imagine like... Well, I don't think you could. I think like if you're really pumped to work, like so I, I train a lady in, from LinkedIn and they have all of that as well. Not the slides, but they have yeah, like rooms. Yeah, I but spoke to someone who's looking for a job there too. She, uh, she's saying that they never use it. Like they're always too busy cracking on, you know. So if you have people who are that motivated, uh, it doesn't really matter. They probably won't use it, but... Um, I mean, I don't fancy going to work and sliding down a slide. But the and also, I don't understand where people get time to play foosball. Yeah, well, this is it. So if you're really pumped to work, the chances are you probably won't use it. Yeah, but you're then probably the person who actually needs that time. It's over like, there if you want it. Yeah, like enforced. Like right, just go and play pool for a little bit, relax. Yeah, so, well, that yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it? Just like oh, let me just whack a ball. Yeah. Whereas I think most people hate their work. And yeah. so it's a grind and they would probably love the chance to just go and play pool and they'll probably find any reason to do it, like any justification, like, oh, I gotta go and play pool or go down the slides. Could you imagine if like if that came back to the science world as like productivity increases like an ex extreme amount and then the government started doing it? Oh well we're gonna bring taxpayers' money in and there's gonna be foosball tables and slides and balloons yeah. and, and free free foods, time. yeah. Free canteens. Good luck with that, trying to get that passed. Yeah, but you have to enjoy what you do. Then time goes by. If you didn't enjoy school, I wonder did anybody enjoy school? Like the actual sitting... Some people, yeah, there's always like the keen beans. Did they, sit, did they enjoy sitting down, learning, like 
history yeah or do you just enjoy like punching your mate in the arm beside you and then trying to get away with it or yeah but, but it's the lack of autonomy like the fact that you don't get a choice in doing it that's the problem like if i went back to school now um or well i mean i pretty much have gone back to school now but now i enjoy it i was i was a terrible yeah. student like yeah. I, the amount of times i nearly got expelled just for dodging school and missing classes and Did you? jesus yeah loads i had to go and have a weekly chat with my year tutor um what age you to in? make sure that i was staying in oh this is from 16 up to 18 like this is in a levels like gcse times like right the key point i was like i've had enough of this <laughs> um actually it's funny so talk about that because one of the things like that you obviously have your basic drives, you know, in terms of like you need to eat and you need to sleep and so on. But one of the models for motivation is like, okay, well, why are we doing this? Why are we at work? Is uh, they reckon, well, this one model is predicated on three things that you have autonomy so that you choose to do it. Nobody's forcing you to do it. Yeah. That you uh, have the feelings of competence or the, de- the, the ability to develop competence in it. That you're not just terrible. Like it's yeah. something that you could be good at. And then the other one was um, that it's socially related, like it's part of a community. Um, so I always found it funny, like I used to do communication studies and I remember I went in and I went through the whole routine. I started skipping classes. I didn't care. This is in school. Yeah, this is in sixth form. And uh, eventually, I, I obviously I got found out because like, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, and I ended what up you failing. What found out? Like you're shit at the subject or you, you were oh, well, both. Like they realized like, Matt, you haven't turn up to any of these okay. classes and you failed the exam it's like okay so look you failed the subject now you need to leave and i was like all right and then i started turning up to the classes so i wasn't allowed to go in and that's when i started turning up and i went to these classes for about two months every single one until finally the teacher cottoned on and uh, we had to sit down and do this work it's kind of like work time he's like yeah matt can i uh, can i speak to you for a second and he took me outside he's like you're not supposed to be here. You're actually not allowed to be here. And yet, like, what are you doing? You didn't turn up when you were supposed to be here. And now, like, yeah. And what happened then? Did you keep doing the course? No, no, I got kicked off. It's like, look, you really can't turn up to these classes anymore. You need to go and find something else to do. They didn't let you off and let you back in? No, 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 no. I failed it and I didn't turn up to classes. So it was like, right, you failed now. Go away. Was there Um, any way you could have redeemed? No, 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 no. I had a reputation by that point. It's like, Matt, just get out. Um, I can't remember what I did in the end. It's like some general studies thing with all the other kids who had failed other subjects. That's weird. Why are we doing that? What, why? Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so you wasted so much. You wasted oh, two yeah. months. Uh, wait, how much? No, going no. Oh, yeah, two months. Yeah, yeah. But it was just like, okay, well, now I Did you off. learn anything? No, I don't think so. Why did you go? That's so weird. Yeah, what well, is it? It's like that whole, you can't come now. Okay, well, now I want to go. It's that weird sort of teenage. Does that still work with you? Opposite. Oh no, I'm a completely <laughs> different person now. Like now I have the reputation of being a geek. Yeah, which, you know, I did a complete 180. Um, yeah, I have no recollection of what I was thinking at that time. The whole things like we used to have to do this work experience thing for like one week, and I told my old man it's for a month. So I got to school for a month. It's like yeah, I can't come to work. It's like oh, yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> what did you do for those three weeks? Just went to work with my dad. Oh, oh, fair enough. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I remember the feeling of dread of hating my job when I was in Australia working construction sites. And like, there's nothing worse than getting up in the dark, putting on these steel toe cap boots, your protective clothing, like packing your sandwiches in your bag. Yeah. Because where you're going to work is in the middle of nowhere and there's no shops. It's like just some residential area and you're building some shit. The feeling of like 
pure dread walking down the stairs of the apartment block that I was in, yeah. going to the bus stop and just sitting there. Like once you get to work, it's right, you, you're busy now. But that was uh, the, the work was super difficult. You were treated not you weren't treated like shit, but you just you were treated completely anonymous. You know, you were yeah. like I was just laboring. I was just doing like the bottom of the barrel stuff. Most of it was demolition, um, which was just a hard graft and like sledgehammering walls out. That was fun. But in the other times where you're just cleaning up the rubble, mm. you're just shoveling stuff, you're sweeping, you're making the place nice. Um, that was the worst thing ever. And it taught me a lesson of never, ever, firstly, go back to that. Never get to the place where you're waking up in the morning dreading your day. Like, yeah getting out of the warm comfortable blankets and you can't like i couldn't i couldn't skip work because i needed to be paid there's no there's no safety now like you don't i didn't have any options going down the stairs just going i hate my life i hate my life i hate my life i hate my life i have to do this and then getting home being so tired you couldn't do anything but so in that instance just the fact that you didn't like what you're doing um you would have been more sensitive to other stresses as well so in that second module in the uh, statistics one, uh, I did a, a study on that. I managed to get quite a few people doing it. We had about 100 people fill out these questionnaires. And it was, we're trying to find out, could you, could you tolerate like, work stress? Do you know, as in just the bullshit that you deal with in the job, if you really liked it, like if you had a high degree of job satisfaction, which seems kind of obvious, but it's not that obvious that like when you actually read the whole background literature on it, um, it's not clear at all. Like sometimes like no even like high amounts of work stress will completely eradicate your job satisfaction so we wanted to find out what the model was like um and in the test that we did we were the only people who have done it that from what i've read like across cultures we did like obviously uae and I had some colleagues in the uk who did send out their questionnaires um that was kind of our gap in the research that we we're trying to fill and our results were that as long as you have a high degree of job satisfaction uh your professional quality of life will go up irrespective of what happens with work stress up to a point like it was but it was way more significant like if you had a high job satisfaction you could put up with stress so which is like kind of what you're describing so if you really don't like it now you notice the fact that it's really cold outside now you notice that maybe it's raining now yeah. you notice how tired you are uh, in the afternoon just as well i was doing it in australia then in sydney well yeah i like imagine it was in london i would have like, or in, yeah i would have Oof, that's a nightmare yeah but do, do you know what I mean like yeah. everything is like amped up by like 10 yeah. every negative thing in the day is on 10 yeah 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 no I could see that for sure because when we started uh, when we started the PTC like things were stressful yeah. like just uncertainty that overflowed into loads of different parts of my life I'm sh like for sure like um, it wasn't so much job satisfaction it was just I've probably gone back to the second thing you said the competency or the no, the, the the what did you say? The knowledge the to know that I can become competent at it. Yeah, this is something you could be good at. Yeah, yeah that was lacking for sure. Yeah, like what the, hell, the same thing every day. What what did we know about running a business? Like what did we know about uh, not owning, the, or what do we know about owning a business and and trying to migrate your way, your way through this? Yeah, this. yeah, but we got through it because we enjoyed it. Like there's still that overarching, like this is something yeah. that I would like to do with my life. Mainly because when you're in the sessions with people, I'm competent at this bit. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm yeah. Competent so at this bit, so I'm enjoying sure. these bits. But okay, now, now I have no sessions today, and I'm sitting looking at the floor, anxious, stressed. When's my next paycheck yeah. coming through? Um, 
yeah, that definitely overflowed into other other parts of of my life back then. Now it's much different. Mm. You know, now it's like yeah, we're three years in, three and a half years in. Yeah, yeah, it is three and a half. Yeah, four yeah, f- in September. Yeah, fifth is it? Yeah, twenty fifteen September. Um, that's the day the world changed. Dun, dun, dun. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, what it's it's easy to say you love what you do, though. Like, um, it's hard to find what it is you love to do. Like, I've I've a bunch of I know a bunch of people who just have no idea what they want to do, and that oh, yeah. that in itself is super stressful. Yeah, my brother was always like that. He'd never quite found anything. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I didn't obviously growing up I didn't know what I wanted to do but I knew what I sort of didn't want to do and it was a huge amount of things so I just fell into the world of sports and exercise and then just take little opportunities here and there mm. and like what you said when you were I went back to university when I was 23 like you went back to school now to your masters and you enjoy it I went back to St. Mary's when I was 23 and I enjoyed it like I wanted to be there yeah, so for sure. all the gang were, were going out Mondays and Wednesday nights and I was literally the granddad who was like no I'm not going out like I actually want to go to the lecture tomorrow and I want to learn mm. the thing that we're being taught I think I missed two lectures my whole first year one uh, one I can't remember why one was on my birthday but I can't remember why there were two completely like you know if you're writing a note to your teacher while your dog ate your homework yeah like two of them were like this outrageous reason why I missed yeah. these lectures um one was one was a long story we spe- spent the, the previous night in a police station but it turned out that one of the girls that we had been I went there for my birthday the night before and then there was a massive f- street fight in Kingston. If anybody knows Kingston, you'll know why. There's a massive street fight there. And one of the girls was hit in the face a bunch of times by some dude with a, with a drinks can. Jeez. So the police picked her up and picked the guys up. And then we had to spend the whole night in the, in the police station giving statements. But we had to go one at a time. So like there was four of us who were there. So one had to give a statement and then come back out and we had to wait for each of us so we were in the we were literally in the police station until the sun came up and I was like I'm not going to my lectures today I, like this is <laughs> a, really a valid this is a decent reason why I'm not going I can't remember the other reason I think I was away but uh yeah you yeah. value it a lot more when you're older yeah exactly you just enjoy it and then I think that leads to that definitely leads to more absorption of the information and then you just enjoy it yeah well because now you're motivated yeah, you're now you have a sense of autonomy like I have chosen to be here uh, is this something that I want to do? And you obviously get frequent kind of feedback on how well you're doing. So, oh, actually, I'm pretty good at this. And it's you're with your buddies, and particularly in sport, you have that social relatedness. So you kind of hit all three of that model, really. What are the other weird and wacky studies that you came across? Like, what's, what are the psychological stuff? Uh, I was reading one yesterday. Uh, this is, like, not to do with... Well, it is to do with stress. It's to do with, like, appetite and things like that. Um. And they're trying to like find a, uh, a genetic reasoning for why some people are obese. And they, I didn't realize you could even do this, but they literally they they would create Siamese twins, mice. They would literally join one like kind of human centipede star. Obviously not that way around, yeah. but like together <laughs> that way around. And they uh, they found that the mice who had uh, lesions on their hypothalamus, which is like 
it, everything happens in your hypothalamus or however you want to say it, hypothalamus. Um, they, so one mouse would have a lesion on their hypothalamus, one wouldn't, one would be completely normal. They'll join them together so they shared the same And they gave them a the lesion as well. No, no, they didn't give them a lesion. But they shared the same, uh, basically blood network. Yeah. So whatever was happening hormonally in one would happen in the other. Uh, but two separate stomachs or like intestines, okay. whatever you like. The one, um, and they would obviously both eat together the same portions. The one that had the lesion in their hypothalamus wouldn't stop eating. But because he was eating so much, the other one just stopped eating and eventually starved to death. That's you know? weird. Yeah. So it's kind of like this whole, and this is some of the research that led to the um, uh, the discovery of leptin and like ghrelin on okay. those sort of appetite hormones and proteins. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking there. So obviously the amount of food that one, they had two different stomachs though. No, no, it was same stomach, but the same hormonal network. So basically one would be getting uh, the required amount of food. So one would stop eating, but the other one would carry on eating. Yeah. Right. So leptin levels are kind of going through the roof. So what the other one would stop. But the other one had, was resistant to leptin. So leptin so is the kept, hormone that tells you that you're full. Yeah, to a certain extent. Well, leptin and ghrelin is like a ratio between the two. But if the higher the leptin is, I always get this wrong. The higher the leptin is, the less you want to eat. Yeah, I think that's correct. I think ghrelin is your appetite. Yeah. Ghrelin makes you want to eat. For some reason, I can never remember which way around. It could be the opposite way. We don't, um, have, we don't have Google right now. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of a weird one, but... Because so, again, he was talking about the whole environmental, social thing of appetite. So what's going on there? That, the, the fat one, no, the one that keeps eating is creating loads of leptin, but he's not picking it up in his brain. Yeah, he's resistant. So, so the, it's in the hormone yeah. system. So and the amount of leptin is the same in both mice, but one is resistant to it, whereas yeah. the other one isn't. And when it's the same, you're, you're also saying it's really high because yeah. he keeps eating. Yeah, so it's kind of telling him, like, okay, look, stop. Like, now. really stop. Yeah. And he's not stopping, but the other guy has stopped. Yeah, and now he's just starving. Because now he just doesn't have the sensation of hunger anymore. To the point where it doesn't matter. Like, he, it doesn't matter that his body's about to die. He's yeah. Like, nope, I'm okay. So the fat one dragged him down to death. <laughs> so if you want to lose weight, another strategy would be tie yourself to your friend. Yeah. Become a Siamese twin with a fat, fat person. With a person who loves eating. Yeah, but then you'll die. If you don't, like, get away quick soon enough, just yeah. before. But you'll be a human, so you might be able to figure it out. Like, probably time to go. Yeah. Let me cut this off and get out of here. Yeah. So it's interesting, but, you know, as always, the takeaway was, like, certain things. Well, exercise can help regulate those levels. That's why it's such bullshit when people say it's, like, 80% diet and 20% exercise. It's such a toxic sort of way of thinking about it. It's like, no, no, the two interact so completely that you can't separate them. The more you exercise, the less you will end up wanting to eat, generally speaking, overall, in terms of just pure calories per day. Yeah, I, why do people come up with that number then? Well, I always felt it was just kind of an excuse. It's like, well, I won't train. I won't have to go out my comfort zone and work really hard. I'll just make sure that I don't eat rubbish. Uh, my diet's okay, though. I don't eat too badly. Right, what do you eat? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. You see it like sometimes with clients. Like I had one... I had one uh, client, she wanted to refer her friend, but her friend had decided like, no, 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 I'm just going to try and eat really well. I'm going to go on the Slimming World thing um, where I get Juicing like a diets. certain amount of points. And so yeah. she's in the office there just eating chocolate. It's like, no, no, it's okay because it's within my points. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Stop, man, don't like bring that up. I know all about that. I have family members doing that and it's... Uh, it's you know it's, it's wrong. 
that you've somebody's told you and given you permission that it's okay now so now you've just gone like straight with it yeah well, you've got your you've got your ticket don't you to to eat whatever you want yeah. just and then you can blame somebody else when you're not losing weight it's no longer your fault that's just there's such a bizarre lack of responsibility with some people well you're the psychologist now why is that uh well it's just easier <laughs> it's, yeah it's not like great any great theory just easier i don't want to have to be responsible because then it doesn't mean that i'm a failure if it all goes wrong i can blame somebody else yeah i mean i don't know um so what other modules do you have or what's what else is going on in the course uh well the next one's the cognitive biology um what does that mean it was in cognitive psychology but looking at the biological underpinnings of why you think the way you think that would be interesting yeah, that's good they've, they've all been interesting but that's more what I would be really interested in so w explain that a bit more like in the sense that why do you act the way you act so you, you're staying away from the genetics and you're thinking your environment and no no the, what is in this is more like why biologically why do you think the way you oh. think and do the things you do obviously it, you know you can't separate the environment and the internal environment everything yeah how can you say that the environment doesn't shape you when like oh, well, evolution, evolution does, shapes like, everything you obviously get some extremists who be like no no uh, it's all uh, socially constructed or it's all biologically constructed but most people you whenever you read it even in the language that they use it's like okay well this is clearly an environmental thing this is clearly a social thing so it, and yeah like it's just even just common sense would yeah. kind of tell you that it's well it's both do you know yeah um, but it's interesting to see why the brain kind of evolved the way it did and what does that mean do you know it's like way more space is taken up by uh, structures like the hypothalamus and amygdala and so on which like all animal like mammals and animals share like the very prehistoric sort of basis of fear and uh, seeking behavior and all these things and all the stuff that makes us human is kind of like the bit that's evolved on the top but it's like we're still beholden to all of that like ancient, ancient yeah. sort of brain material. Animal brain. Yeah. Monkey brain. Yeah, very much so. That's still the thing that uh, keeps you alive and keeps you functioning and keeps you exploring. And yeah, it keeps you reactive and alert to, to threats. And then we just have so many more threats and stresses nowadays than just trees falling over and wolves yeah. coming out of the darkness well we do and we don't like we we can certainly conceptualize more because now it's we've obviously introduced loads of toxins and things like that into the environment we have cars and things like that but um at the same time you've also never had it easier like you have this plentiful food source you have plenty of water shelter you have plenty of shelter and plenty of ways for you to uh, make yourself extremely comfortable and that leads to a lot of problems. And then additional threats like diabetes and obesity yeah, and depression and mental health and so on and so forth. So, yeah, humans are weird in that sense. Yeah, I get you. Um, you don't have that like that reward system for going out onto a hunt if you're, yeah. if you're just going down to the shop just to buy your meat. And say, what do you do? Well, uh, so, like with a lot of those rat studies when they always found that rats would rather um, like taste cocaine than do other stuff. And they found like, oh, well, you know, it's this whole dopaminergic sort of reward system. They get hooked on. It's like, no, the rats are just bored. They're just yeah. sitting in this cage all day. So then you think, okay, well, if you're in an office nine to five and you've got nothing else to do, you, you don't like eat. what you like, 
Yeah, you're going to eat, you're, you're going to drink, you're going to do all sorts. You're going to take your sugar cocaine, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that study, that's the Rat Park study that they did where they had the, the, they had mice just eat, some mice eating cocaine and water, and the others just on water, yeah. and they just kept hammering the coke. But then one scientist figured out, I don't know who it is, you Google this quite easily, one scientist figured out that if you actually give the rat stimulus, like if you give them company, and if you give them yeah. wheels and toys and slides and stuff, then... They all tasted the cocaine, but they didn't keep going back for it because they had other, yeah, they they had other, me- other means of creating positive hormones and neurons in their brain. So you just got to get out of your little rat park, stop yeah. eating your cocaine, actually, in you know, contend with the environment and not have things so easy and like challenge yourself and so on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, challenge yourself. Yeah, just get out of your little comfort zone. But you got to do the same as well. I keep, I can say that easy, but. I've been saying for so long that I'm going to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and I just haven't. Yeah. Because I just can't be bothered to suck on something. <laughs> I also have a guitar in my house that I keep saying I'll play it just 10 minutes a day. Yeah, it doesn't happen. I can, I can tune it and then like, oh, I'm going to be yeah. really bad at this. But you know, there are some things that you just naturally gravitate towards. Like I'm way better at doing that now than I used to be. So I used to like torment myself, especially at uni. Like, oh, if only I just did this, why can't I just do this for 10 minutes a day? But like you do enough things, you'll finally find the thing that you're like, man, yeah. I love doing this. Like I do jiu-jitsu, but I way prefer boxing now. Oh, do you? I love boxing. I go twice a week, every week, been for a year. I've only ever missed like one session. But I'm like, I will find time. Whereas I guess the problem with jiu-jitsu is that it's a class. You have to go at a certain time. It's usually like crazy late or crazy early. And we're working crazy late. Yeah. Um, but just the fact that it's, it's one-on-one. And it's just fun, like when you reach that threshold where I'm no longer just this idiot hitting a bat, <laughs> and actually I know a few moves and combinations, and I can feel myself getting better and sharper and so on. It's like, okay, this is fun to practice now. Are you going to do a fight? I wouldn't mind trying, yeah, like just to experience what that's like. But like, even when he kind of jokingly smacks me, if I drop my hands, it's like, ah, oh, getting punched in the head really sucks. Oh, like, it's just not stuff. pleasant. Yeah, I, that gives me f- like that turns my stomach getting hit in the head just got hit in the head too many times playing rugby yeah that's why I would steer away from that myself and just go down the jiu-jitsu route rather just yeah well jiu-jitsu is fun and like it's cool when you, you start really tapping people out and you, you're actually like one of the better ones in the class and you can just have fun with it but it's just the, the scheduling just annoying usual crappy excuses but yeah you're just making excuses Matt you start finding blaming it, everybody like, else Matt I don't know trying to find something outside myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah we will do it so what else have you got going on? What's coming up then in the future? Like, what, are you spending the summer just doing these courses, these uh, modules? Yeah, the next one starts end of May, which is annoying because I'm going to be going on holiday in July. And it's going to cross right that, like right in the, where we need to get to work a little bit. But where are you going on holiday? Just Italy. It's going to tour around northern Italy. Oh, yeah, nice. Mm. Go to Rome and then Florence and then San Catera and then spend a week in Lake Como. Amazing. I thought about doing, actually going to Italy... Uh, I've thought a lot about it the last year because I never, it's one of the only places in, in Europe I've not been is to Rome or is to Italy at all. Yeah, um, I've been to Venice but I've never been to Rome and all that. And, like I'm really interested in Roman history and things like that so I'll get a lot of benefit from going there. It's amazing I bet like going there. Um, I've got two weeks in Dublin where I might sneak away for a few days during the second week. Yeah, that's the thing, particularly living here, like it's always just going back home. It's like that's not a holiday. Yeah, I don't like, want to, yeah. yeah you're exactly. I haven't been to another foreign country bar Greece for those couple of days for next thing for years since uh, fast when I went to Crete for the other wedding to Crete to Lebanon uh, no 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 uh, I, w- I spent like oh, two yeah. weeks in Greece sure. just with my family but 
yeah, it'll be good to get away just to go and do something, explore some stuff. Yeah, cool. All right, well, sure. We wrapped this up as we go. We're getting on in time a little bit and we don't want to outstay our welcome um, in people's ears. So we're going to try to do this a bit more regularly than we have been in the past. So is there anything else you want to add on that? Uh, nope. No? Cool. All right, we'll catch you guys again soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.